This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And we are back this week with a very special guest of ours, and we're super excited to discuss the topic for today. Yeah, we're joined once again by our good friend, Marsha Montenegro. Marsha is actually a former New Age astrologer who is now a Christian, and she has a ministry reaching out to people who are caught up in the New Age and caught up in the occult. And Marsha, we are so thankful that you are here to kind of talk to us about your testimony and talk through what the New Age is and how we as Christians can help people not to get trapped into it. Well, hi, thank you so much, um, Tyler and Robbie, for having me and just giving me this opportunity to share all this information. Yep, we, yeah, we we're glad you're you. back. Yeah, we had such a good time with you when you were on talking about the Enneagram, and this yeah. is going to be just great to talk <laughs> through uh, your your journey and your testimony and how God has brought you to this point in your life. So now, before yeah. we do that. We want to talk about a coffee tip. Yes. What is our tip for our listeners today, Tyler? Yeah, the tip is these beautiful mugs Jeez. that you see us drinking coffee out of here. This could be yours. It could be yours. Could be yeah. Yours. Yeah, and the way that you can get it is go and be a supporter of ours on Patreon. Uh, when you go to Patreon, you can look at there. There's certain tiers that we have listed that we are giving these out to you if you are a supporter of ours. Yep. So if you love the podcast and you w- love what we do and you want to support our ministry, please go and become a Patreon supporter. And to, as a thank you, we want to give you one of these awesome stoneware mugs. And yeah. uh, that's the coffee tip for today because it's important. We want you to do this because they're, they're nice. They're, these Robbie, are great. They're, and to be honest with you, we won't yeah. send you the ones we've drank out of. No. We'll send you a fresh one. Like <laughs> that's, that not is, that's an important distinction. Yeah, I mean, here, we're not so. just like washing these up no. a little and being like, here you go. We have more yeah. than two. That's yeah, we have nice more part. than two. Yeah, so. And that's the thing. Each and every one of them is handmade. Yes, they're identical, but they're all handmade, and they all have their own little unique differences about them in the way they were crafted. Yeah. Uh, so in the way it feels, it's heavy. It's a good feel. That's something we talked about before is that when you drink coffee out of a certain type of mug, sometimes yeah. it really does enhance your experience. I've and actually this, read yeah. – I've had people tell me when they drink out of these, they get smarter. Really? So I can't yeah. verify it. I it's, just that's hearsay it's just, at this point. But it's it's hey, true. You never know. It must right? be true. Mm-hmm. If people are saying it, it must be true, right? That's, that's what, what we, we talk think, about so. here on the podcast all the time. Yep. So yeah, we'd love <laughs> you to support us on Patreon and we'd love to send, we'd love to mail one yes. of these mugs out to you. So go on there and uh, become a Patreon member and uh, we would love that. Yes, so, do that. All right, on with the show. Marsha, we would love to hear about your history, how you got caught up in the new age, what you did for many, many years as an astrologer, and then what led you out of it. So I guess yeah. let's start with your, your background and how you got caught up in the new age movement. Okay. Well, here goes. <laughs> um, so a lot of people often wonder, were you raised as a Christian, you know, or were you, you know, what kind of environment did you have growing up? Did that lead you to the new age? So I usually start there. Okay. Um, and I had a very kind of, you can't really classify my, my childhood. Um, my father was a foreign service officer. Basically, he was a diplomat. Mm. And so we lived overseas a lot of my childhood. And we went to generic type churches. Okay. Uh, well, we lived in a place named New Caledonia. And it's a French colony in the South Pacific. And we went to a French church there. 
Um, and in Berlin, we went to the Army Protestant services. Hmm. And I really have, my memory of it is so vague. I, I just, I, I remember singing some songs, and that's really all I remember. <laughs> okay. um, my father was an agnostic, so he was not—he wasn't hostile to Christianity, but he was not a Christian at all. My mother had been raised um, Southern Baptist mm. in the South, in Florida, anyway, which is kind of the South. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> and she, um, so she would say she was a Christian, but. She did not. I never saw her read the Bible. Mm. I never saw her pray. Um, you know, I, I. So it's hard for me to say where where was she spiritually at that time. I don't know. But she did think my sister and me. She thought children should go to church. Okay. So we were taken to church, and when we moved back to the United States and we lived outside Washington D.C. in Maryland, um, I started going to a Baptist church around the corner. I was very loyal. I went to Sunday school. I went to youth group. You know, I went on sun, Sunday night, um, and I was I would always do my Sunday school lesson. Mm. You know, because that's just the way I was. I always, you know, if I had had a homework assignment, I did it. Okay. Um, and uh, but the thing is, I didn't really get it for whatever reason. I didn't understand really who Jesus was or why he came. I mean, I, you know, I knew the story about the cross and, you know, I heard this, but it just had no meaning for me. Mm. Um, and the Bible, I started questioning the Bible. Like I started questioning the, the idea of hell Okay. and thinking I didn't really believe in hell. Um, I wasn't really sure the Bible, everything in the Bible was true. I, I think I saw the stories about Jesus it's almost kind of like fairy tales. Hmm. I believe Jesus existed, but I but that was kind of it. And I and, and he was a good person, but really I for whatever reason I and I'm a, I was a very studious person. I just that just didn't get into my brain. Hmm. Um, and so I was interested in other belief systems. I was very interested in other religions, and I had friends in high school who were very different. I had a friend who was a Mormon, a friend who was a Quaker, a friend who was Baha'i. Wow. And a friend who was a free thinker. Wow. <laughs> that is a, quite a group of people, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of kind of a typical of my spiritual path, you know, it's just kind of like all out there all uh -huh. over the place. So I was not interested in becoming a Mormon. Uh, the Mormon told me she they went to church every night. I mean, oh, I don't know. I guess maybe some Mormons do. Um, that I was thinking, man, that's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> the Baha'i girl wanted me to come to a Baha'i meeting. And so I finally agreed to come to one. Of course, my father had to drive me. I wasn't I didn't have a driver's license yet. And my father was notoriously he was known for being terrible at directions. Uh. And we drove around for hours. We never could find her house. <laughs> oh, my father gave up. <laughs> so I never got to the Baha'i meeting. <laughs> wow. Um, and uh, the Freethinker and I had a lot, and the Quaker and I, 
uh, I went actually did a little thing with her out on the streets of Washington, D.C. at night. Mm. I can't believe we did this. We went out and handed out leaf anti-war leaflets. Oh, okay. Mm. So I had this very kind of <laughs> eclectic, <laughs> yeah. eclectic spiritual influences on me. Um, and I had just I had decided at that point I was not going to be a Christian. Okay. Um, and so I decided I would explore spiritual paths. I was also at the same time interested in the supernatural. And I was interested in, um, you know, what you would call powers of the mind, like psychic powers. Mm. And I was very interested in astrology. All of this was like mostly like from the eighth grade on to my senior year in high school. <clears throat> so I didn't do a lot of reading on those areas, but I had an interest, a strong interest there. And when I got into college, the interest continued, and I also added to that interest Eastern religions. Mm. Um, I had to do a special, well, I didn't have to. I chose to do an independent project on Gandhi, and I got very caught up with Gandhi and with Hinduism and everything what Gandhi did. Um, that was very attractive to me. Uh, and I was still interested in the supernatural, so... Uh, I would talk about it with a few friends, and I would read about astrology, and then people would ask me questions um, because they knew that supposedly I knew about astrology. So I had friends who would ask me things like, um, you know, I really like John, um, but, you know, he's a Sagittarius and I'm a Pisces. Do you think we would get along? <laughs> okay. so <laughs> kind of You're becoming a guide questions. to people. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. <laughs> It's kind of like Dear Abby, you know. Yeah. <laughs> John's a Sagittarius. Are we going to get along? You know. So, um, so that kind of thing was happening, and I, I and there were other things like that. I did have some super. I had two very strong supernatural experiences in college that convinced me there was this spiritual world out there mm -hmm. that was hidden, but that you could find a way to to learn about it or get in contact with it. Okay. Yeah. And so I had that idea in my mind. And after I got out of college, I started reading books and reading things. I was very interested in contact with the dead. Oh, actually, that was another. I actually had three very strong supernatural experiences in college. Mm. And so um, one of them was where this supposed dead man appeared to me. So mm. I, I was very intrigued by all this. And I was reading all these books about these topics and believing them. Uh, because people were writing about things that happened to them. So I'm like, yeah, wow. And you, know, you had experiences that had happened to you. And so, sure. Yeah. And I had experiences too. So I'm yeah. like, you know, this is really true. Um, and so I kind of continued along that, that vein for a while. Um, and then I decided at some point there that I was going to really start studying, you know, I was going to learn things in a more disciplined way. I wasn't just going to read books. I was going to learn things. Um, one of the things that happened was that, um, I took a course called inner light consciousness. And this was a course being offered by this group that actually lived in Southwestern Virginia. Now at the time I should say I was in Atlanta, Georgia, I went to college in Florida, and um, after a few months of being um, with my parents in Washington, D.C., I ended up in Atlanta, Georgia, after college. So that's where I was living when all of this stuff took place that I'm going to talk about, becoming involved in the New Age, was in Atlanta. So I, um, I, I heard this group was going to teach this course, 
and it was it was being hosted by Quaker House, and I was going to meetings at Quaker House hmm. in Atlanta, and, and I still have that interest in Quakerism. Um, and so I took this course, and one of the things we did, it was basically like a crash course in the New Age. I mean, they didn't call it that. But yeah, that's sure, what, but that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. And so it really opened me up to a lot of different, you know, things. And we did this meditation every night. Uh, and, and then on the last night of the class, he said, uh, tonight when we do the meditation, the meditation was very important. This was very emphasized to us. It was a guided meditation, which means that the leader of the group led us through the steps of the meditation. And every night it was the same thing. And so we went through these steps. Um, and then the last night he said, tonight we're going to do the meditation, but something different is going to happen at the end. You are going to be introduced to your spiritual master. Whoa. Wow. So, wow. Um, you know, yeah. we knew this was not a person. Mm -hmm. I mean, not a person of flesh and blood. Yeah. <laughs> it was a discarnate entity. Yeah. So, of course, I was very excited I thought, wow, my spiritual master, you know, because I felt that I was sort of in this path where I was destined for this spiritual life, you know, mm -hmm. and these things would come to me because I was I was ready for them. Mm -hmm. And so you get this feeling that you're special, that you're on this path, that you have this kind of understanding and that things will happen to you that will will pull you along the path. Yeah, you, that's how you're you, unique, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not yeah. like everybody else. Yeah. I have yeah. significance. Not, yeah, you're not like everybody else. You've kind of awakened to the spiritual thing, mm -hmm. you know, that people seem to most people seem oblivious to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you do feel very special. So that was that was what happened. So we, he led us through this meditation, and then at the end, he had an extra thing that happened, um, and I saw my spiritual master. You know, and I was like, wow. you know, wow. I mean, I liked my spiritual master. Um, you guys are way too young to remember this movie star. But way back in the day, there was a famous movie star named Yul Brynner. Mm -hmm. He was uh, bald, completely bald, but yeah. very handsome. At least women thought he was very handsome. <laughs> yeah. This guy kind of looked like Yul Brynner. <laughs> okay. Mm. Um, and not exactly, but sort of. So and so he looked very wise. And mm -hmm. I thought, wow, you know, it's my spiritual master. So at that moment, I felt that he was with me wow. all the time. Okay. And um, so from then on, I started, you know, getting more involved in other things. I went to a Tibetan Buddhist group. And honestly, I cannot remember if the Tibetan Buddhist group or the inner light consciousness came first. But I think the inner light consciousness came first. And then the Tibetan Buddhist thing, I think, was the year after. I learned how to do the Tibetan Buddhist meditation. I read their books. Um, they were led by a guy named Choigam Trungpa, who mm. was known as the bad boy of Buddhism. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they do. They have bad boys in Buddhism. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> well, you know, he would he would go to bed uh, undressed with different women, undressed. Oh, okay. um, he would um, he would get drunk. And all of this, though, was seen as being very wise oh. because um, he was he was a mirror to you. So he was he was like showing you your problems and your issues, because if you get upset at these things, then you you have to work through these issues. Oh, I see. That's how it was explained to me, huh. because actually these people were led by this guy. Now, I never met him. His headquarters was in Boulder. 
He started the Naropa Institute, which is still there in Boulder, Colorado. And um, that's out where you guys live. Yeah, it's close to, yeah, it's not too far from Arizona. <laughs> I actually spent a day in Boulder as a Christian years later because I was in Denver and a guy wanted to go over to Boulder and I went with him. So oh, I yeah. think we actually saw the building, the Naropa Institute, when we were <laughs> oh, out wow. there. So um, anyway, so he, his Choigam Trungpa. So I, after these meetings, because I was so interested, the people that lived, they lived in that house. The followers lived in that house. Uh, they would have refreshments and I would stand around and talk to them sometimes for over an hour and they would tell me these stories and that's how where I heard these stories about him getting drunk and all this stuff hmm. and I thought and they and I and at first they told me that and I was kind of shocked and they said oh well you know they said that's not that's not bad hmm. he's just showing us who we are he's just the mirror hmm. and they would explain this to me and I was I was be listening like oh well this is a new concept mm-hmm. you know I never thought of it that way yeah sure <laughs> And so I thought, I thought, well, that's very interesting. You know, I didn't totally buy into it, but I didn't totally reject it. Okay. So then they wanted me to come to the private meetings uh, that they had on another night, on Monday nights. And they said they would teach me more practices that they wouldn't teach the public. Mm. And I thought, hmm, okay. Um, and I, I thought about it, but I decided not to do it because... I really felt like they were trying to recruit me, which I think is what was happening. Sure. And I, oh. I was a very freedom-seeking person. I didn't want to be restricted. So I thought if I start going to these meetings and I'm going to get involved with this group, I'm not going to be able to go out there and explore all these other options. Mm-hmm. You don't want to commit. So, don't get tied down, right? Yeah, yeah, I, right. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be tied down. I yeah. was like, I was just kind of at the beginning of my exploration. So... Mm-hmm. I said, I can't, I can't remember what I said to them, but I didn't do it. And I stopped going to the public meetings because I was afraid they were going to keep asking me to join. So I stopped going to them. And so then at some point later, I decided I would study some, some things that would help me along this path. I decided I would study psychic development and astrology. So I signed up for two classes at this place called Foundation, the Foundation for Truth. Which, when you think about it, it's wow. a very... Huh. Yeah, that's a great name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here, you get the truth here. Yeah, wow. So they had all these classes, like, you know, past life regression, classes in tarot mm. cards, astrology classes, uh, psychic development classes, numerology classes, palm reading classes. You know, I took, like, at least half their classes. Mm. But my first two were astrology and psychic development. And those really like opened me up spiritually, not in a good way, but I thought it was a good way. Mm-hmm. So I was developing my so-called psychic powers and I was learning astrology. Um, in Atlanta at that time, there was a very unusual situation with astrology. Years before, um, a, a leading astrologer in Atlanta had gotten together with a city councilman who apparently she was dating and said, look, because astrology was illegal. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, it's classified as fortune-telling. And this is still true in a lot of cities um, or counties. Mm -hmm. Uh, Local ordinances may still have uh, something on the books against fortune-telling because a lot of fortune-tellers are con artists. Mm -hmm. So it's it's illegal. Um, So the astrologers in Atlanta were upset because they were not doing this to con people. They really took astrology seriously 
and they really thought they were helping people with it. So they said, we've got yeah. to change it so that we can make it legal. So what happened was they decided that, okay, if you're going to practice astrology in the city limits of Atlanta, first of all, you have to prove you really know astrology. You're not just saying that you're doing it and then making things up. Yeah, that makes sense. Secondly, you have to have a city, you have to purchase a business license. Oh. So the city's going to get some money, you know, from that. So that's what they did. So they came up with an exam that would be given every year at City Hall, and they formed a board of astrology examiners, and these were astrologers, and they would formulate and grade the exam. Hmm. And then uh, then if you passed, you could go to the city and you could purchase your business license. Okay. So they set that up. This is the only city I know of in the United States that does this. Now, I have heard Las Vegas has something similar where I think you can get a business license, but I'm not sure they require a test. I don't really know. Mm. Sure. I never explored that. But Atlanta has this system, and I think it's very interesting that God had me there in the one city that had this particular system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is fascinating, yeah. right? What's uh, going because on? Because it that? gave me the credentials as an astrologer. Because mm. I took the exam, which is seven hours long. Seven hours? Seven hours. Oh, wow. that's a serious test. Yeah, because the first part is all mathematical. They give you the uh, birthplace and birth time. You have these um, books you have to use to, you have to first of all memorize uh, the formulas, the equations to fig to, to plot the chart. Okay. And then um, you, you use these books that give you the data, but then you have to do the mathematical formulas to do the chart. So that takes, that takes, a, it takes a few hours to do the, to do that. And I'm terrible at math. I'm awful at math. But I was <laughs> yeah. so, you know, determined to learn this that in those astrology classes, I, I learned it, you know. And then I even had some private lessons with an astrologer in Atlanta, and he helped me prepare for the exam. Hmm. So I went in there, and I, I managed to do that. And then after you do that, they give you another chart um, of somebody that's a real chart. It's a real person's chart. They don't tell you who it is. And you have to write out an interpretation as though you're talking to the person hmm. so they can see your people skills. I see. Yeah. There, so, I mean, that sounds like a legitimate test to, tr to yes, become an astrologer, right? Like that's, yes. yeah. Yeah. And it's, but of course it's based on astrology and it's based on the idea that astrology is true and valid. Sure. Yeah. So that's why I tell people if you're, you see somebody who's licensed as xyz and that's kind of a dubious profession mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it has validity it just means they were licensed in that profession by people who believe in that profession right and tested them that's you a know? point so yeah so it doesn't mean oh that profession is okay because they got a license <laughs> yes no it, yeah, yeah it, right. <laughs> it just means according to the standards of that profession yeah you jump through the right hoops to get yeah, the license yeah, yeah you met right. standards right so that's all that means so I um, passed the exam. I went and bought my business license, and I was—I actually had been practicing on people for two years before I got my business license. But then I started practicing professionally, you know. So I started charging more. Um, I never made a lot of money from it, but I was getting clients. Eventually, I taught astrology, mm. and I was on the board of astrology examiners as well. Oh, really? Oh, so wow! This is a board that formulated the exams and graded the exams. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I was actually chairperson the last three years of the four years I was on there. And then I became president of the Astrological Society. Wow. There was a very, very active Astrological Society in Atlanta at the time and very active. Uh, so I was a part of that. I was, you know, on the I was on several committees. Um, my life was really wrapped up in astrology. I loved astrology. I, I loved giving, uh, you know, doing the charts for my clients. Um, er, everything about it was was great to me. I, I can't even describe to you how much I loved it. I just loved it so much. It was like my favorite thing in life. <laughs> um, now, at the time, throughout all this, there was a period there, like when I first got my license, my son was very young. I had married and I had a son. And so he was growing up, and I, I had this son, and then the marriage ended. Um, and then one of my clients um, offered me a part-time job where he where he was the boss. Oh. But what he wanted me to do was look at the data, the birth data of the employees, and give him advice based on the birth data. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so I was kind of like the secret astrologer on the premise. <laughs> but the, like, <laughs> when you went in there, that 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 wasn't like what he said your job was at no, the place. No, no, so people didn't called, know you were doing that. No, I was a special projects coordinator. Wow, that's wow. Okay. That that's interesting. Your title? Yeah, wow. that was my title. <laughs> Nobody knew why I was there. Mm. And what's really funny is that what the that they dealt with was an area that I have absolutely zippo experience. Okay, wow. <laughs> and not only Great. do I have experience in it, I have no talent in it whatsoever. Oh, man. Okay. So I could be more mismatched to what they were doing. <laughs> um, but, you know, nobody knew that. And nobody really asked me. They didn't ask me about my background or what I really did. They mm -hmm. just kind of, she's special projects coordinator. You know, the boss is giving her stuff to do. Yeah, so. yeah. But I did let it be known to people I was an astrologer. But they didn't know that's why I was there. Um. So people began began to learn I was an astrologer. Some people were very interested and would come talk to me about it, you know. Yeah. Other people just didn't care. Um, so that was going on. And I was, meanwhile, pr president of the Astrological Society that year. And I started getting this very strange compulsion to go to a church. And uh, I didn't know where this was coming from. I didn't want to go to a church. I didn't like Christianity. I thought Christians were very spiritually backward. Mm. And they were on a much lower level than I was, you know, of spiritual involvement. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I had no interest in it. And I didn't understand it. And I just kind of like pushed it to the side. Well, it continued. It started in the spring, continued through the summer. I went to an astrological conference in Eugene, Oregon, came back to Atlanta, and it was still there. I decided, okay, this is probably from a previous life. I was a very huh. strong believer in reincarnation. Uh -huh. And so it was one of the first things I believed as a New Ager. I decided that there was leftover from a previous Christian life and that I had to resolve it by going into a church. So that's how I talked wow. myself to going into a church. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I went into a very large church in downtown Atlanta, and I sat in the back on the end of the pew because I was planning to leave early. Mm -hmm. The service began. Everyone stood up. They had music playing, and they had a procession from the back of the church. Um, you know, the ministers in the choir were walking down the aisle, and they were all led by a young boy carrying a 
I guess he's about maybe 13, 14, something. Mm -hmm. He's carrying the cross. And as he walked by me, I felt what I call a waterfall of love (laughs) falling on me from above. It was like this, I mean, it's so hard to describe. It was love falling on me. (laughs) And I knew it was coming from a personal God, um, but I didn't believe in a personal God. You know, now I, it's, it's some of this is funny when I tell it because it's like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like I didn't believe in a personal God that was coming from a personal God, wow. you know, like so I couldn't really reconcile it with my beliefs, but mm-hmm. yet I knew it was true. So I ended up staying for the whole service and then I decided I would come back the next Sunday and I just started going to that church. I just it's really hard to explain why I just felt I wasn't interested in becoming a Christian, but I just felt like I should go there. Um, and then a few people who found out I was an astrologer wanted my business card mm-hmm. um, because it was a very open-minded church. Okay. Mm-hmm. I said emphasis on the open-minded church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was an early progressive church. Okay. So, mm. um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I thought, well, hey, I can get some clients here, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, get ready to do business is get connections yeah, in the yeah, church. Yeah, another, <laughs> another source for clients, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was happy about that. And I, I got into this class that was meeting with the rector of the church. It was an Episcopal church. Mm-hmm. And they were going through the Gospel of Mark. And I didn't understand anything. You know, he would read a passage and discuss it. And I would just sit there. I didn't understand what he was saying, but for some reason I would sit there and listen. And then we would read because we read something from the Book of Common Prayer at the end. Mm-hmm. There was a passage there that we read that just that grabbed me. I didn't understand what it was, who was saying it, why he was saying it, or what he was talking about. And what it was was the speech of the priest when Joseph and Mary bring Jesus to the temple. Mm-hmm. And Simeon, isn't it Simeon? Yeah, the priest? It's Simeon, yep. He says, my eyes have seen, he, he gives a little, he gives a little speech mm-hmm. about Jesus. And he's saying, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He's talking about Israel. Mm-hmm. He's been waiting to see the salvation of Israel. And he realizes that Jesus is, is this promised Messiah. But he doesn't say that explicitly. Yes. So yep. if you don't know anything like me, this speech doesn't make any sense because you don't know what he's talking about. But I don't know why there was something about it that grabbed me. And also during the services, whenever they said the Lord Jesus Christ, it would have this effect on me. Like an emotional so, effect or just like a cognitive? Not, no, not emotional. It was um, it was like it just kind of would hit me. I don't oh. know how to describe it. It's like it would grab me. Okay. Wow. And kind of electrifying. Um, and I, I don't know how else to explain it. And so that was happening within a few short, short weeks of after I started going to that church. That first Sunday was on Labor Day weekend. Um, around October, like maybe towards the um, middle, of, middle of October, I started getting an impression from God that he didn't like astrology. Wow. And um, I kind of knew that Christianity and astrology didn't really go together. I sort of knew that, but I wasn't really thinking. I didn't care, you know. Mm -hmm. But now I'm getting this impression from God that he doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I don't understand why doesn't he like it. I'm helping people. 
So I just ignored it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and very, and I'm skipping a lot of things that happened here because there were things that happened at mm. like Astrology Awareness Day at the Astrological Society, mm-hmm. which I was in charge of. I was oh, in yeah. charge other person and we always did it around halloween which by mm. the way happens to be my birthday oh really oh, wow. okay yeah. wow <laughs> yeah it's kind of wild <laughs> so um but there was some kind of something strange that happened there i couldn't understand just like some strange things happened at the conference in eugene oregon hmm. well now this impression becomes this impression god wants me to give astrology up hmm. now this is in november and it's so powerful it is so powerful that I decide the night before Thanksgiving I'm going to give it up. And you started going on Labor Day to church, and this is by yeah. the night before and this Thanksgiving. Is Thanksgiving. Okay. So this is wow. less than three months later. This is, you know, like almost maybe almost three months, but not not quite. Uh-huh. It's late November. I'm like, I'm just, uh, you know, and here this again, I can't explain it because it wasn't logical for me to do this. Yeah. This is something I loved, you know. I was still part of the Astrological Society. I was I was chairperson mm-hmm. of the speakers committee, um, and I I was no I was chairperson of the education committee, and I was on the speakers committee, and I was very active, and so here I am, <laughs> like thinking I'm going to give it up. Well, plus I was doing this job for this guy part time. Oh know? yeah, you're oh. still working there doing readings yeah. for. Oh okay. Wow. Yeah. Now, it just so <laughs> happened he was on leave. Mm. He was on leave from about Thanksgiving until sometime in January. So he was not going to be there. And he had left busy work for me. So I was doing busy work. Um, so I decided to give it up. I uh, it was very, very, a very strange experience. I was sort of in limbo. I didn't know what was happening. My clients would call me and I would say, I'm sorry, I'm not doing astrology anymore. And they'd say, why not? And so some of them, I would tell them, well, somehow it was separating me from God. Hmm. And they would say, how, how was it separating you? And I'd say, I don't know. <laughs> but sorry, I know I, it was separating me, but I have no idea hey, what, how or why. That's wow. honest, though. Yeah, that's good. Say, that's yeah, a good I thing. don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know doing it anymore and they'd be like did you have a bad experience and i'd say no no i haven't had a bad experience Hmm. um and so then i'd give them them the name of another astrologer and i just was kind of in a foggy world and i thought well you know maybe i should start reading the bible Hmm. um i'm going to church i'm not doing astrology i'll read the bible so i (laughs) took i got i i had a bible and I started reading Matthew chapter one, verse one. I just decided I would start with the New Testament. And I was, I was a, I'm a very kind of organized person. So I'm not just going to pick a book at random. I didn't want to read the Old Testament. So I started with the first book of the New Testament. That was very logical to me. Yeah. And I started reading a little bit every night. You know, and I'm reading. I don't really understand the point of anything. But I'm reading along. And one thing, I noticed that the words are very pure. And I thought, you know, the words in this book are so pure. And I kept thinking that in my head. And I don't even know that I realized, I don't even know if I knew what pure meant. But I can't, Yeah, but you just recognize there's something yeah. distinct about this. Yeah, there's something different. It's like the words are so pure. Wow. And um, 
So I'm reading it and I'm reading along and shortly before Christmas, I started reading in early December, shortly before Christmas, I'm in Matthew chapter eight. I'm reading the account in there of Jesus on the boat with the disciples in the storm that causes them to wake him up and he rebukes the sea and the wind and the wind and sea obey him. I, and this story grabbed me and I kept reading it over and over again. And as I'm rereading it, God opened my eyes. And I realized who Jesus was. I saw who he was. I, um, I, I, I realized I had been separated from God and I had been going on a path against God. And I realized I needed Christ. And I just turned my life over to Christ at that moment. Wow. That's what happened. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. Because, I mean, I didn't know anything. And I, so obviously God wow. <laughs> did all of this. Yeah. And I, I knew I was a new person right away. And I knew my old life was over. Um, and so, of course, from that moment on, things were very, very different. I was sort of in the dark about things. But I would, you know, at the church, I would tell them that I gave astrology up. And and they would say, why? Mm. You know, some of them yeah. said, why? And <laughs> I said, well, I said, I don't, I said, and I didn't really know how to explain it. You know, I said, well, you know, in astrology, you're at the center of the chart. It's not God mm. who's at the center. And so I said that sometimes, you know. And so um, I didn't have any support because I didn't know anybody, you know. I mean, in my life, right. it was all New Agers. And, you know, so I was um, in sort of this no man's land, no woman's land for a while. Yeah. My boss came back in January. I told him I couldn't do the astrology anymore. He was very kind and he said he would keep me on and keep giving me busy work. I think he, you know, I was a single mother. Oh, that's my cool. Marriage ended, mm. So maybe that's why he did it. Yeah. Um, so I was still in that office. And then in April, this young man who worked there, who I knew had befriended me. Mm -hmm. um, and he never preached at me. He never told me astrology was evil. He would just ask me questions. And so he came into my office one day and I said, you know, I said, Jeff, I just can't believe a few months ago I was an astrologer and now I'm a Christian. Because hmm. I had told him in January I became a Christian and he didn't really say anything. Hmm. Um, and I don't remember the conversation very well, so I don't remember what was said. But this is April and I said that to him. And he said, maybe somebody was praying for you. Hmm. And I said, no, I don't know anybody who would pray for me. And he had this little smile on his face. <laughs> and I said, oh, wait a minute. I said, were you praying for me? And he said, well, he said, my young adult fellowship group at my church was praying for you. Wow. They're praying uh, for me that whole year when all that stuff happened. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah. So I think that is one of the messages of my story is that God wants people to know you can pray for mm -hmm. people. You, it doesn't matter if they won't listen to you, if they won't come to church, if they don't want to hear the gospel. It doesn't matter if they're hardened, if they're if they're an astrologer, yeah, <laughs> you know, wow. or yeah. a psychic or a Wiccan or whatever. You can pray for them. Mm hmm. Because God can reach anybody. That is amazing. That's yeah, a, and just the faithfulness cool of their prayers and then how God is working behind the scenes answering that. That is amazing. What a story. And they didn't know it. And they didn't know that was happening. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That's encouraging to hear. Wow. Yeah. 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 So you I, I think it's encouraging for a lot of people. People tell me that that helps them if they have 
relatives or a close friend that they just they yeah. just despair. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you never know what God's doing and the circumstances yeah, exactly. in people's lives. You never it, know. And you so You don't know. You can't always sometimes you can see it, but a lot of times you can't see it and you have no idea what's going on in that person's life and what God's doing. You yeah. just don't Man, that's cool. That guy was praying for you. What a yeah, what a testimony. That's yeah. like the least yeah. thing we can do too is pray for people. Yeah, right? exactly. It's pretty simple to do. I mean, how hard is that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's especially uh, interesting how you said too, like like he didn't even talk to you that much about this. Like this is just no. something that he was doing silently with his prayer group in the background. Yeah, yeah. he would just, just ask yeah. me questions. Like he'd say, "Hey, what do you think of the music today?" Uh, and I would just I love to give my opinions. You know, <laughs> sure. this is very opinionated astrologer. <laughs> wow, I guess I yeah. still am opinionated. I'm not an astrologer anymore. And I would, you know, and I'd be like, oh, well, let me tell you what I think. <laughs> well, I'm sure that helped because it's turning the gears. It's helping you think, right? Because he asks you those questions. It's like, what What do you yeah. think about the worship? Like, how, how do you feel about all this? That's well, just, oh, not just, oh, yeah, just no, music in general. Not church Oh, music. okay. Just music. Yeah, gotcha. No, I was, okay. Well, I didn't know. Worship, I wouldn't have even understood the Oh, terms. okay. Yeah. Okay. But still, that like, yeah. Even at that church, they wouldn't. You know, I mean, we sang songs, but they didn't call it worship music. Oh, okay. But he yeah, was yeah. just being a good co-worker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, he meant music. He actually meant secular music. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Well, still, that's really interesting. Like, he's just yeah. there. He's a good friend and uh, yeah. doing that. Like, that's Building a wow. relationship with you, yeah. He was a very nice guy. Hmm. He was very low. He was wow, very, yeah. he was very low key. He was a very low key guy, hmm. but very nice. That is very awesome. Easy talk, very easy to talk to. Okay. Yeah. So after that point, you know, where you realized he was praying for you and stuff, where did your story lead after that? Yeah, I um, well, I had this this experience where I realized I went on a retreat with this church because I was going to get confirmed in the church mm. as an adult. They had a group of adults who were going to be confirmed, oh. and then they had all the younger people who were going to be confirmed, and we all went on a retreat. And at that retreat, I just saw some things that I didn't understand why they bothered me, but they bothered me. Mm. And I won't go into it, but but I realized I had to leave that church. Wow. Okay. So I didn't, I ended up not getting confirmed there. And I left and I, you know, I, I was calling, I was using the phone book, calling churches and asking them <laughs> questions. And I ended up at a church that was a little bit better, but still not really great. But the good thing about this church was that I met this married couple there who became my first Christian friends. Mm. And I really needed people who understood me. And they had been involved in the New Age and the Church of Scientology. Oh, really? They had, wow. Yeah, they had been Scientologists. Well, yeah, that's, they, that's out which there. Is evil. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is <laughs> yeah. like one of the most evil cults on the earth. It's terrible. And they had, you know, they were telling me stuff, but they had been in the new age too. And they totally, it's like I had this instant rapport with them. Mm. And so I spent time with them and they would tell me stuff. And I kind of got this, you know, I had this Christian fellowship with them, which I really, really needed mm -hmm. because other people at the church, I would tell them, you know, I, I had been an astrologer and now I was a Christian and they would kind of just look at me, yeah, you know, like, like, like I was an alien. Yeah, I don't know what to make oh, yeah. of that. I don't know what to do with that yeah, information. Thank you, you know. <laughs> and um, so I didn't. I wasn't connecting with people there really until I met this couple. And I think that God. I think I really needed that. 
so that was a good thing about that church. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I learned a few things in the Sunday school class, but I'm telling you, I'll never forget. I was in this this uh, a single adult Sunday school class and we had just finished going through a book a study. I can't remember what it was. And they were talking about what to do next. And they wanted to do The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. Oh. And I knew as a New Ager, he was not a Christian, even though for <laughs> wow. some reason these Christians thought he was. Hmm. And the guy, the leader of the group, the teacher was sitting at the end of the table. I'll never forget this. And he said, well, I've been thinking we could go through this book, M. Scott Peck, The Roadless Traveler. I literally jumped up and screamed. From my <laughs> I was like, no! Wow. I literally jumped out. And everybody looked at me like, what? What's yeah. wrong with you? And I said, no, we can't do that book. I said, we can't. And he's like a new ager. And they're like, what? No, isn't he a Christian? No. And the guy's like, wow. okay, we won't do this book. <laughs> I was so upset. I'm oh, sure. my gosh. And, you know, M. Scott Peck was into Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, everybody thinks because he wrote People of the Lie, he was a Christian. No, he was not. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I have a whole thing about wow. him. Wow, yeah. Too. So I, that was, I'll never forget that moment. So wow. I had things like that happened to me. I wasn't really getting complete solid, you know, foundation there. Mm -hmm. But then my son and I ended up moving. We left Atlanta and came up to Northern Virginia because my parents lived here. Oh, my job ended. My job that I had ended. So mm. I had to come up here because I didn't really have any skills. I had been an astrologer. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I hadn't worked in a regular job in a long time. So I ended up here um, and you know, so I'm, and I'm still here wow. <laughs> in Northern Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I ended up here. And then the Lord just started giving me opportunities to speak and share. And that eventually led to full-time ministry. So I've been in full-time ministry since 1998 and my mission, I'm technically a missionary and I'm with Fellowship International Mission, which is a mission agency mm -hmm. in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yep. That it's a great awesome. See. Yeah, I've been with them the whole time. They've been really great, very supportive. Um, and I've just, the Lord's uh, given me all kinds of opportunities. I've spoken in 30 states. Uh, I've, you know, had a lot of podcasts and interviews, mm -hmm. a lot of articles. I've written a lot of articles. Mm. So the Lord's given a lot of openings for um, dealing with what I deal with. And basically, I tell people the purpose of my ministry is, number one, to educate Christians on the New Age and the occult so they can be better informed and be more discerning and so they can witness to other people. And secondly, to reach out to people in the New Age and the occult. Mm -hmm. So that that's amazing. the two goals of my ministry. What a story, huh? Like, yeah, wow, listening that's... to that, it's just phenomenal what God did and how he brought you to where you're at. Yeah. I, I, I did yeah. want to ask you a question. Um, just yeah. it's interesting to me because, you know, a lot, not all, but a lot of our society is very scientific minded. And so the supernatural, like you said, is an afterthought. It's not a reality. Mm -hmm. And as believers, we know it's a reality. It's it's a real thing. And there are demons and there are angels. It's it's there. Mm -hmm. um, when you talked about your spirit guide that you were given at that oh, okay. class, w was there a need to um, remove that at a t certain point in your life, or did that kind of just leave you as you became a believer? What, yeah. what was there anything okay. like that? 
I'm glad you asked me mm. that because I, I, I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> actually, um, after I, I trusted Christ and was saved, I sort of forgot about my spirit. I actually felt like I had several spirit guides, but he was like the main one. Mm. And I actually just kind of forgot about them. Okay, um, yeah. And then a few months later, when I was after I left the other church and I found the second church uh-huh. where I made my friends, I was going to join that church. And on the day that I was going to go up, and I think it was Palm Sunday. No, yeah, it was Palm Sunday. I was going to go up there and make a public profession of faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I felt very ill. And I was sitting in the pew and I felt really bad. Like, I just felt bad. And it's like, I feel so bad. I don't know if I can walk up the aisle there, but I did. And then I went home and I felt so bad I had to go to bed. Um, My son was not there. He was with his dad. Um, And while I was lying in bed, I this I know this is going to sound strange, but there was like something that came in the room and was very, very angry, actually very hostile to me. Uh, and I knew it was my spirit guide. And um, I spe- by the way, in case people are wondering, spirit guides are demons. Yes. <laughs> so just yeah. so people know. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> they're, fa- they're fallen angels. So I, there was this intense hatred directed right at me. And I sort of, I don't know if this is true or not, I felt like he had made me sick. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I felt at the time. And so I said, uh, you know, you can make me sick and you can even kill me, but then I'll just go be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's like, and then he was gone. Wow. Wow. So I, it was just very, very weird. Now, I, the reason, um, I, whenever I tell this, I always say right now, today, um, I don't, I don't believe in talking to demons. I mean, this, I know that Christians can disagree on this, but this is my view because I don't want people to think I believe in it since I told that story. <laughs> I, I was a new career, you know, I was brand new and I, I, I didn't know anything, you know, and I think what, I think what the reason God allowed that to happen is I had not realized how evil my spirit guide was. Mm. I had not realized that he was a demon and that he hated Christ. I didn't, I, I, cause I just didn't think about him. And now, and God, I think God was saying, Marcia, you need to recognize who this spirit guide was that you were fall that you, you thought was so great, mm-hmm. you know? You need to acknowledge, you need to see him for what he is. Yeah. I, I personally think that's what why God allowed that mm. to happen. Wow. So, you know, of course, that was a, made a big impression on me. Yeah, <laughs> and wow. yeah. So I, th- I think, and I think that God just took him away after I said that. Um, I think that, I don't think I can make a demon go away, but God can. Yeah, right. God can do that. Yeah, yeah we course. don't have yeah. power. It's his power, yeah. yeah. So I always say, tell people, you know, I, I would pray to Christ. If they ask me about something like that, I say I would pray to Christ and ask him to remove mm-hmm. a demon. Yeah, yeah that's so anyway. fascinating. When, it's just interesting what you said because when I was a kid, so I, I became a believer when I was four, right? I was brought oh. up in the church. And oh, I, wow. Yeah. And so <laughs> – Like the opposite of me. Yeah, like very I'm, opposite. <laughs> but, I was like many years later. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that was weird is like I grew up in northern Arizona in the mountains and um, when I was little, I was freaked out of this thing in my room at night 
And I'd every night I remember I'd be crying. I'd go into my parents' room and I called it a specific name. And you know, they thought, yeah, just a little kid who's afraid. And then my mom was like, maybe there's more to it than that. It might not just be it might not just be a kid freaking out. And so she told me one night, she said, Hey, if it comes back, tell it you want to follow Jesus and he needs to go away. Hmm. And I did. And I came into her room and I said, hey, it came back. And I told him about Jesus and he said, it's not coming back anymore. And it's like kind of similar to what you said. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 And again, experiential, you know, anecdotal, but there is a spiritual reality out there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and Satan comes to kill and steal and destroy. Right. And so right. I think that his minions and, and yeah, they're trying to, to ruin and corrupt us no matter where we're at or what we're doing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is definitely real. I mean, and we can read in the Bible. I mean, Jesus, you know, was Jesus talked about Satan as a personal being. Yes. He cast demons out of people. Yeah. Um, We read about Satan. You know, there definitely is. um, Satan is real. Mm -hmm. And the fallen angels are real. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a definite reality. It is. Um, And and again, I think that. We believe it as Christians, but sometimes living just in secular society and the ethos yeah. of scientism, mm-hmm. we forget. And when you hear stories like yeah. this, it comes to the forefront and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. There is this right. battle going on out there yeah. that's not flesh yeah. and blood. Right. You know? And then, of course, there's the people who are into it too much. That's, yes. I, I have to deal with them that's a lot. For sure. in the yeah. They're into it in extreme ways where that becomes the focus. And that should you never know, be. About the demons and fighting the demons and blah blah, and that I mean that becomes their whole thing. Yeah, and then everything's yeah. a demon, no, right? No, no, it's not, not my it's sin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You that's gotta, that's not you good. You got to be balanced, you yeah. know, and because God only gives us so much information about them, He doesn't really tell us. He tells us enough, but He does not tell us everything. Mm. No, He doesn't. If Which you go probably through, a good thing. I think so because we might yeah. be fascinated with them more. Angels yeah. too, like. Satan's yeah. not talked about that much in the Old Testament, especially. Right. Like no, a couple no, of times. Very, it's not a lot. So No, no, yeah. it's very it's 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 not it's not a lot at all. And I think, yeah, I think people we can tend to get some people can tend to get fascinated by it. Yeah. yeah. Well, real quick, before we end, what are a few tips? What are some uh, some uh, tactics you would give to people to say, hey, if you have a friend in the new age, here's kind of the things that you should talk with them about. Yeah, I, I never really gave my little talk on the New Age. I just told my story. Yeah, and that's all right. Sure, hey, that's yeah. great. Talk on the New Age, I can do. Sure. <laughs> if you ever have me back, I can do that. But yep. yeah, um, just to say what the New Age is, I think I should define it. It's a network of uh, beliefs that uh, come from Eastern religions, Gnosticism, mm. and a movement called New Thought. Okay. So the New Thought movement, which claimed to be Christian, is what we see in the ideas of um, positive thinking, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um, you create your reality uh, with your mind and your words, mm-hmm. affirmations. Um, so Norman Vincent Peale, for example, who wrote The Power of Positive Thinking, was very influenced by Ernest Holmes, who was a New Thought pioneer who okay. co-founded the church with his brother, the Church of Religious Science. Mm-hmm. So that's a New Thought Church. Unity is a New Thought Church. And Christian Science came out of the New Thought Movement. Mm-hmm. So it, New Thought is very much with us, and it's very much a part of our culture. The Human Potential Movement has a lot of connections to New Thought. Mm. 
So just to, I'm just throwing that out there. So because if people haven't heard the term new thought, they may think, well, you know, who who cares what that is? And yeah. what I'm saying is that it's definitely a force in the culture. Okay. And the new age adopted a lot of new thought ideas like Christ consciousness mm-hmm. that came from new thought. And that's a new age. It just took it straight from new thought. I see. Okay. So there's a lot of overlap there. But um, I don't know if you you know often the New Age is so vast, so you can have people in different areas of it, mm-hmm. and it can be very fascinating to a lot of people. So I think, of course, it depends. Are you dealing with a Christian who sometimes get fascinated with it, or an unbeliever? Of course, if it's an unbeliever, um, you know, I think talking to them about what what is it that fascinates you about this? You know, why are you interested mm-hmm. in going to a psychic? Mm-hmm. Why do you think the psychic can help you? How do you think this? I, I would ask questions. How do you think the psychic knows this stuff? That's a great question. Yeah, and That's why great. are they wrong sometimes? Because I, my psychic development classes, I took several of them. A teacher, my favorite teacher, in fact, said the best psychic on his or her best day is only 85% correct. Wow. <laughs> best wow. psychic yeah. on his or her best day. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, they're not even that. Yeah. So. You know, okay, why? Why do why? Why are they wrong sometimes? You know, I always, you know, and then I think I just to mention a book called Tactics by Greg Kukul. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's a good book, and it's basically how you talk to people, how you can ask questions to get them to think. Mm-hmm. So it can be applied to somebody in the new age, it can be applied to someone, wow. you know, a Hindu yeah. or, you know, <laughs> somebody who's into, um, you know, any kind of Buddhism or whatever. So I think it's, or just an atheist. So, you know, you can ask questions to get them to think. Um, New Agers don't believe in absolutes. So you can ask questions like, uh, okay, ask them if they believe in absolutes. They're probably going to say no. Mm. Is there absolute good and evil? No. Okay, well, how do you know? How do you determine what good and evil is? Mm. How do you decide? You know, get and ask these questions because if there's no absolute, then you really... It's up to anybody to say what good or evil is. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then that statement, is there no absolute, is an absolute yeah. statement. Yeah. Right? If, if you say, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you say there's no absolute, yeah, if you say there's no absolute truth or there's no absolute good or evil, you just made an absolute statement. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, you know, I always try to, I ask them questions and I get them, I try to get them to think. And I do this, people email me or if I talk to them, mm-hmm. I ask them what, I've, I've talked a lot to um, Wiccans mm-hmm. in my ministry. I used to, I had a lot of Wiccan and witch clients when I was an astrologer. Oh. There's quite a few of them in Atlanta. And I even went on some retreats with them because my chiropractor was a witch. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so she was very active in her community, her pagan community. Mm-hmm. I went on retreats. Um, she would have me invite me because even though I wasn't part of that community, I was an astrologer yeah. and a lot of my clients were in that community. Um, and so I've talked to Wiccans um, and I've asked them things like uh, they believe do no harm, do what you will. Mm-hmm. So I've asked them like, well, how do you define harm? Oh, that's great. Mm, yeah, how, how that's do a good you question. If you do harm and you didn't mean it, is that harm? Do you ask for forgiveness? Uh, you know, I, it's really, if you can just get a conversation going, if they're willing to talk and ask them about their beliefs, um, ask them why, what drew you to Wicca? Mm-hmm. What are, what is your spiritual background is another good question. 
because they might say, oh, well, I was raised in this Christian household. You know, we went to church every Sunday. My parents were Lutheran or Baptist or whatever. Then you can say, well, why do you reject that? What led you to reject it? And they may say, oh, well, there were so many rules I had to follow. Yeah. Or people just, uh, you know, they acted like they were Christians, but then every day they, you know, acted like everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, and so it didn't seem to mean anything to them. Yeah. So see, judging Christianity on a false standard, or they don't really even know what it is. Yeah, that's so, great. That's a, and you yeah. can unveil all that by asking good questions. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. another good question to ask. And I always like to ask, what is your spiritual background? I remember I asked that of one guy who was a, a pagan, like he was into not witchcraft, but it was neo-paganism. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, well, you know, I was, I was raised a, a Christian. And, mm-hmm. and I said, what was your what was the denomination or church? And he said, Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, OK. Well, that told me a lot. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. says a lot about that. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so, wow. you know. Um, it just, uh, I, and I think if you're praying, you know, and, and asking the Lord to lead you, the Holy Spirit to lead you, if you really want to talk to this person and want an opportunity to witness, then, you know, God, God will help you. Yeah, so, no, that's for sure. True. Well, those are yeah. great tips, Marsha. We sit, yeah. we're so grateful just for you coming and sharing your story with us. This has been uh-huh. really enjoyable. Yeah, thank you and so much. And it's always great to hear about how God's working, you know, f- from our vantage point, across the country in a completely yeah. different place, working yeah. on you in the past and, and bringing you to himself. That is just so cool to hear. Mm. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you and, yep. and sharing it. If people would like to, you know, know more about your ministry, where can they find you online? Okay, uh, ChristianAnswersForTheNewAge.org is my website. Mm-hmm. I have many, many articles there that I have written over the years. I'm always adding to those articles on New Age and occult topics, mm. on New Age books. I've written articles on some New Age books. Um, so there's a lot of information there. And on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, I have a ministry page called Christian Answers for the New Age, mm. and I post things there and actually it's public i think people who aren't on facebook can actually see it okay i've been i've been told that so i can't test it out because i'm on facebook so sure but you (laughs) can just search christian answers for the new age on facebook and you'll find it i think maybe you know it's some articles will come up or something will come up so i don't know that's awesome yeah we encourage our listeners to go and check out uh, Marsha's ministry yes. and all the articles. If you want more information on just being equipped, like she said, to be able to understand and discern the new age and then be able to be uh, ready to go and defend your faith and to share your faith with other people, mm. uh, make sure you check out her website, check out her books. Uh, and Marsha, again, we're just so grateful that you came on our show. Thanks <laughs> yeah. so much for sharing your testimony with us today. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, all right. And then thank you guys for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We will see you next week. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our Stoneware, Christ, Culture, and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee.